This is the Fight Back Podcast, hosted by exercise scientist Georgia Berry. Here, you'll find a series of honest conversations about martial arts and mental health. My guests and I explore the statement that every martial artist has heard. Martial arts saved me. How and why do combat sports save people? Listen to you find out. You need to know that nobody shapes me. Okay, so I'm here with Mallory Martin, who is a UFC strawweight and not only coming off the back of an incredible win in the UFC, uh, but she's also really shone the light on mental health in a pretty big way, which is why I was keen to get her on the show. So this podcast, Mallory, I started because so many people, and you would have heard it say, martial arts saved me. It's this Mm -hmm. constant theme that you hear in gyms. And I wanted to explore, like, why that was, you know, what different people's experiences were with that, and then to see if that information might be able to help some other people. So some context for you is I've had other women on this show talking about how they use training in Muay Thai to overcome anxiety, how, you know, they went to the gym straight after sexual assaults, and that was what helped them really work through. Um, I've had jiu-jitsu world champions come on talking about how getting on the mat was the only thing that got them through postnatal depression so many different things that you know different people have really used to used combat sports for to help them get through which I think is really really beautiful and um you know you said to Hannah at the end of your fight you know you saved me um which is that same context um so we'll get into that a little bit later but I want to start right at the start which is why did you start martial arts? Oh, I was like always too aggressive when I played sports. So I in high school I played or in middle school through high, uh, high school I played volleyball, track, soccer and basketball. And then um I don't know, I like I was just always too aggressive. I would always get felled out or you know, kicked out of the game for being overly aggressive. Um and then I seen I think it was a UFC fight on the TV. I wish I could remember like who was fighting. I think that would be cool to like look back on. Um, uh, but they were just fighting on the TV and I was like, man, that's what I want to do. And my dad's like, really? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you should do it. Like, I think you'll like it, you know? And he, uh, he was like, if you find the gym and do it all yourself, then I'll support you. And so I, uh, started my senior year of high school and I would do like basketball practice right after school. And then I would go straight to the gym that I trained at and do like Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu and wrestling. So I started all of it together. Um, at 18 when I was in high school. It's really cool. And, um, you've said before you're sort of more into Jiu Jitsu. So did you lean more on Jits at the beginning or? No, in the beginning, like, I mean, when I first started, uh, I was like kind of naturally good at wrestling. Um, and when I first started like jujitsu, I, I took easy, it was easy, not easy for me, but I was just naturally kind of, uh, good at it. Uh, but I, when I first started, it was all about Muay Thai, you know, like I just fell in love with it. But as the time went on, like I became more of a, I guess you would say a jujitsu fighter, uh, fell in love with that. But yeah, I love all of it. And so the time you were starting was like 17, 18. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is it about the time that your father passed? Yeah, yeah. So I was, 
I think a year into training, he only got to see me, he got to see me do one Muay Thai smoker before he like got diagnosed with cancer. And then when he was sick, I competed in a jiu-jitsu tournament and he was able to watch that. And it was my first jiu-jitsu tournament. And uh, back then the, the jiu-jitsu scene for girls was very, like very limited or like your competition was very limited. Uh, to compare to right now, if you sign up for a jiu-jitsu tournament, you'd, there'd be at least, you know, 100 girls. Back then, there was like maybe 10. Uh, so I, I had to go up a belt level. So I competed against blue belts, and I had to go up a weight level. So I was just, I my first jiu-jitsu tournament, I went in like, and fought the, like, uh, more experienced and like heavier opponents. I ended up, I don't think I won a match, but it's still special to me that he was able to be there and uh, see a little part of it. Yeah, that's, that's really special that he at least got to see a little bit yeah. at the start. And um, what happened after he passed with your training? How did you cope with that? So, yeah, he passed away. He got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and passed away six months to the day that he got diagnosed. And, uh, Right after, I think I took like maybe a week off of training and because I, when he was sick, I, I told him like I would stop working and stop training just to be there with him. And he's like, Mallory, you're not going to stop your life for me. You know, like you're going to keep continuing living your life and doing your, doing what you need to do. And you know, I'm, I'm here. You're I'll always be here for you when you get home kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I think I can't remember, but I think I only took a few days off like a week off or so. And then I was just right back into the gym, you know? And I think like a lot of people say, like it saved my, it saved my life. You know, if I didn't have that, uh, atmosphere to go to, or like that outlet or that passion to like express myself, I don't, I could have easily went down the wrong path, you know, like drugs, alcohol, or, you know, I could have went, down the wrong path if it wasn't for martial martial arts that saved me you know yeah absolutely and in more recent times I think you've been struggling a little bit more significantly with your mental health can you speak to that Uh, yeah I think I just went through like a something tough back in the beginning of the year I don't really like when I want to talk about it but uh I was just struggling with this like anxiety in like the beginning of the year. And I never really, even when my dad passed away, I was like depressed, but I never had that like anxiety feeling. And so, and I think with like the whole pandemic, everything going on, the stuff that I went through, I was just, it was overwhelming the anxiety that I felt. And um, yeah, I was, I never like felt it. So I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know what was going on, you know? That, those kind of feelings where I was just like, I feel stuck. I feel trapped. Like I feel like I'm in the middle of a street and I can't get out type of feeling. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just struggled with that, that anxiety and like not knowing what it was in the beginning. But once I figured out like what it was and I uh, started like talking to a therapist and she was like trying to teach me things to do to help with it. And that, that helped me a lot. What sort of things did she teach you? More of like, I think 
it was just more of like self-awareness type of stuff you know like aware being aware of when you're feeling that anxiety feeling um and then trying to put it put something in front of it like a like a shadow or something and then being able to be like no like kind of talk to your own like demon or shadow you would say uh and trying to work through it rather than letting it control you and I think that helped me a lot uh and then just keeping your mind not busy but having things to do because I feel like I was only training and then resting and I was just in my head a lot whereas she was like maybe read a book read a book or listen to a podcast or go on a walk like try to do things that you're so you're busy and not just like sitting at home in your head type of thing especially when you're already having that like anxiety feeling and what about on the mats like when you were at training did those feelings come up or did you really compartmentalize it and push them aside um I try to very try to keep it separate but in like the beginning of my camp it was it was affecting my training because I couldn't eat Mm -hmm. Um, I was having a lot like that anxiety and it would make me really like feel sick where I couldn't eat. And so, um, I was losing a lot of weight and I wasn't able to keep the weight on, which was uh, causing me to like have a, it was affecting my training, you know, cause I wasn't, I didn't feel as strong or I was too small or just these, uh, things that were causing me like mental problems for my training. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I tried to keep it separate, but it was, it was causing a little bit of a problem, which that's when I decided like that I needed to get help for it rather than just kind of live with it. What about during sparring? Like that, that feeling of anxiety almost comes in during sparring. Cause it can be sometimes, you know, especially if someone's pushing you and when you're in fight camp, you want your training partners to push you. Like, how did you cope with that? Oh, I don't know how I coped with that because I don't feel like that's hard because anxiety and to like spar, I don't, I don't feel like I have that type of like, I I feel excited to go spar, you know, like sparring is one of my favorite things to do. And it's like, it's more of like an outlet and a, like a passion, I guess. I don't know. So I don't feel like it affected me that in that type of way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I kind of kept it se- separate for the most part. I tried to. Yeah. Yeah, you've worked a lot on your mental side of training, right? The yeah. mindset stuff. Did yeah. you always have that, like being able to stay present mindset or is it something you've worked on? The more present, I've that's something that I really worked on. And that's also something that I learned from uh, the therapist that I worked with, she kind of talked about living more in the present and not really focusing in the past or in the future. And I think that helped me a lot this fight camp. And also, I mean, I've always been really like mentally strong, um, which has helped me in the fighting. But it also like when I was feeling these type of feelings with anxiety and like depression, it kind of played a mind trick on me because I'm like I've always been very strong you know like what's going on you know I always not always but during that time 
I was like, man, something's wrong with me. You know, like, I don't know what's going on because I've always been very strong mentally. And then I was kind of like having that, that anxiety. And I was like, man, what's going on? You know, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the hardest things that I hear from people is like when you've done all the work, like when you've done all the mental training and you feel like you're in a really good place and then you almost have like a a relapse or whatever, like you you suddenly have bad thoughts. That's when people seem to get the hardest on themselves. They're like, oh, but I've done all the work. Like how is this happening again? It's kind of like, but I I did all the runs. I did all my strength and conditioning and I'm feeling unfit. Like what's up with that? And that seems to be kind of like the real big mind fuck that's like you can still have bad days even though overall you've done a lot of hard work. Yeah, exactly. Like, and also I feel like I learned to, I don't know how, how would I say, like, um, like say if I had a bad training day, I'm not going to like beat myself up over it because if you're in a camp for six to eight weeks, like you're going to have bad days and you need to like learn and kind of understand that rather than use it against you and let it beat you up, you know? Yeah, that's something that I noticed you said about even between rounds, right? Like having a bad round, like in the recent fight, and then just totally leaving that behind and not having that weighing on you, thinking like, oh, shit, I fucked up that round, like, and that then affecting the next round. That's huge. And I've learned that from reading books. There's this one book that I read. It's called Mind Gym. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, I can't remember, I haven't read it in a long time, but they talked about, I think it was like either like football or basketball that they they were using it, uh, explaining it, but basically saying like, if you have like a, a if you throw a bad, uh, like a bad, I don't know what you call it in football, that's, sorry, yeah. I don't know, like a sorry. bad throw, and yeah. whatever, uh, you can't let it affect you for your next, like your next play. And just let it being able to like let it go, and I think that's one of the things that I'm really good at. Like, of course, I'm not gonna always be winning. Like, of course, I want to. And same in training, you know, like you're not you're gonna go against other people who are better than you, or maybe they're better than you that day, but you can't let it beat you up, you know, because I feel like I can beat anybody on my best day, you know. So yeah, I feel like that helped a lot in that fight because I was just able to like let it go. Like, okay, it happened. Now it's a new round. It's a fresh start. I'm ready, you know? And is that something that you practice doing? Like every time it's sparring, you're like, it's a new round, let's go, so that that becomes automatic for you? Or did that come easily? Like, No, I think it was just very, very easily, especially coming from like I used to do a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments. Let's say like I had a good first round or a first uh, match and then my second match I like totally bombed or lost on points you can't let it affect you for your next match you know so I feel like I kind of learned that through doing jiu-jitsu tournaments yeah yeah I love that tournaments can be a really great way to practice something that's totally different to when you have just like the one fight and that's the only thing you're focused on yeah and I think I I get I get way more nervous for jiu-jitsu tournaments than an MMA fight yeah. why do you think that and is I, it's because because you, you know there's so many possible fights coming up or I think so and I think because I don't know who my opponent is and I'm gonna mm-hmm. have like seven matches or five matches rather than you know three five five minute rounds you know so I think 
yeah, I don't know. I always get so nervous for jiu-jitsu. More nervous than an MMA fight, which is really weird because I'm not getting punched or kicked, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only done one jujitsu tournament. I usually fight in Muay Thai, and I it was way more intense than than yeah. striking. I don't know. I think it's because it's such a sustained effort too. Like wrestling the whole time is yeah. so taxing on your body, and you have to really like talk yourself into pushing hard for like what's like five minutes for white belts in jujitsu. Whereas I don't know, striking kind of feels like you get more rests. It doesn't look like you get more rests, but it feels like it. Yeah, that's, that's true. So being present is one thing you worked on leaving the last round or last fight or whatever in the past. And then I think you've done a lot of like visualization stuff and that's from the coaches and from you. So what's your process for that? Um, so in previous camps, I would, I used to just visualize when I ran. So I would run like maybe 20 minutes, um, not every day, but every other day. But this camp, it was kind of different because I didn't really run a lot because my weight was so low that I didn't really need to. And my cardio was already in really good shape coming into camp. Um, so this time, uh, I just basically would set like a 15 minute timer or 20 minute timer and lay down and kind of walk through, uh, the whole, like kind of fight week, like weighing in, facing off my opponent, um, just feeling those nerves or feeling that feeling that I, I would feel at that moment. And then going to the venue, warming up, uh, getting ready, like walking out, letting them put grease on your face, you know, walk into the cage just kind of going through my ritual that I do. And then I would go through the fight, how I seen it. I would see it in my mind doing like my best work. And then say I'm in a bad position. Uh, I did visualize this camp of her, like not sit, not really taking me down, but maybe I end up in guard and like working up from guard or getting a submission. And I think that did help me be able to uh, stay stay calm when it did when I did get rocked and I was in the guard I was able to stay calm and I think that helped a lot just being able to visualize that um yeah but I also do like breath work with Mm -hmm. my breathing coach and when I do my breathing work I'll always uh use that time to visualize as well that's really cool what sort of like is it breathing like fast or slow or like what kind of um she she does like, uh, so this camp I was in the beginning of camp, I was doing like, I say from like eight to 14 inhale. And then we do like a retention. So I would hold the breath from like six to eight and then exhale and then, uh, suspension, uh, hold the breath for like six to, or eight to 10 and then go through the cycle again. But she like worked works you up to that and it's just like uh I don't know not a sequence but she'll like bring you up to a high inhale and exhale and then drop you back down but it really helps with your recovery and it just helped me with that anxiety that I was feeling it helped a lot and um the recovery I don't know if you have like those whoops those whoop bands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah I've got a ring but- Oh, nice. The aura ring. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do like breath 
work one night and then my recovery the next day was like significantly higher than if I didn't do a breath work practice. So it's really cool to see that. Um, and that helped a lot too. Yeah. So you did breath work to help work through the anxiety. You like created a shadow around noticing the feelings. Mm -hmm. And then I think one of the other things you spoke about was just having something to look forward to. What impact did that have on you? I think that's the biggest impact that I had um, because I feel like when I was in those like dark moments, I guess you would say um, I, or like the beginning of the year, I, it was so, uh, it was so unknown, like the uncertainty, uncertainty, I guess, scared me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what was going to come or what I was going to do, or I don't know. I just didn't have anything to work forward to which is like a hard spot to be in. Um, and so when I did have a fight scheduled, um, I feel like it helped me mentally kind of be like, right. If you can't keep living this way, you know, like if you want to do better, or get better, you have to get help or, and obviously I have something, this goal that I need to work towards. And it's very important to me that I am in a very good headspace going into it. You um, mentioned something on another podcast about how you gave yourself a pep talk and you said, like, no one's coming to save you, Mallory. And then that's something that you've said to your opponent. So is that kind of like yeah, become, that's, that's kind of become your, um, <laughs> your like, oh, catchphrase, like, your mantra? Yeah, I never put that two together until you just told me now. But, yeah, um, yeah, I know I, like, had a talk with my coach too. Like, and this was, like, in the middle of my camp where I was like struggling to keep the weight on. I like couldn't really eat. And I was just having those like bad thoughts. Um, I like had a heart to heart with myself. Uh, I think it was like after a training session. And I basically was like, if you want to get better, like you're like, no one's coming to like make you better or like, no one's going to come and be like, all right, you feel better. Right. Or like, no one's going to, Cause for me, it was like, I wanted to talk to my dad so bad. Like I knew if I talked to my dad, he was going to tell me, you know, something that I was going to be like, yeah, you're right. You know, I don't know. Like I just, I needed to talk to my dad. And so I had a, like a heart to heart with myself and I was like, no one's coming to save you, Mallory. Like if you want to be better and you want to feel better and you want to have a better life or uh, just do better for yourself. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to do it yourself. Yeah. And then in the ring, you, that's part of your visualization process, right? You visualize kind of like things that you can say to your opponent. Yeah. So that's that fight, that fight camp. Um, I would visualize. So basically everything that I visualized happened in the fight. And so when I got there in the fight and I, cause I had visualized, uh, like ground and pounding her and like kind of saying like, no one can save you, you know, kind of, uh, once I was there in the fight, I was like, wow, I'm living in the moment, you know, type of thing. Like I've been here before. And so I just kind of, I don't know, it just came out and I expressed myself that way. And I mean, I don't really mean like disrespect to my opponents when I do that. It's more of me expressing my, myself and my passion. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think huge to add words to something, you know, like you said, you were going to say words and then you actually say the words just must like really consolidate that whole visualization process into being like, oh, if that bit's real, then like the next bit, which is getting the win and the finish is going to be real. And like, yeah, I think that's crazy because I look back to that fight the most because I think everything that I visualized happened and I feel like that's very magical and very special to be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's weird because it's on one hand, it seems magical. And then hearing you say it, it just sounds like, yeah, you put in the hard work and part of the hard work is the mental hard work. And then, you know, and that's why I I talk about it a lot because I know I, I've done it so many times and everything that I've like, if I really focus on it, it always happens. And so that's why I talk about it a lot because I think it's very important to use your mind. Cause if you're not using your mind, that's like 50%. And I, I couldn't like, I fought short notice fights and I didn't feel like I was fully prepared because I didn't prepare my mind to the best of my abilities. Yeah. And what advice would you give women or anyone out there who is struggling with the mental side of things at the moment, both from the the recovering from mental health issues, like the anxiety and the depression, and then also from, from getting into the mind gym sort of stuff that you work hard on? Yeah. I mean, I would just say like, if you're feeling down and out, if you feel like you need help, I would reach out to and get help from like a therapist or if you have anyone like that you're really close to, I would talk to and express express to them so that maybe they can help you. Um, and also I would look for to have like an outlet. Like the gym was always my outlet, you know, and it gave me something to look forward to. So maybe finding something to uh, express yourself or find a, like a passion could help. And then for the anxiety, I, I feel like if you want to try out breath work, I feel like it helps a lot. Um, my breath coach, which is what the F empire on, uh, Instagram, she's really good, but I think the breathing helps a lot. If you're able to focus on your breathing and control that it helps with, uh, that feeling of anxiety. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, just stay strong, really. So many people have reached out to you as well. I think you said, uh, you know, sent you messages. Like what, yeah, what is the I feedback kind of being? It was, I I don't know. I felt like kind of scared after the fight, after I did that, not after the fight, but after that interview and it kind of mm-hmm. like a lot of people were talking about it. Like it, it, initially I was like, oh man, should I have not done that type of thing, you know? But then I started getting all these messages of people saying like, thank you so much for opening up and it means so much to have someone at that type of like platform or like who fights in the UFC professionally speaking about it means a lot. Uh, a lot of people are like, wow, that means so much to me that like an athlete is also struggling with the same kind of stuff I'm struggling with. It gives them like hope, you know? So I, it was, it was really cool to like, people were messaging me, telling me their like stories or telling me they were struggling also and that I wasn't alone. So I felt that that also was really cool. 
Yeah, I think it's more just a question of like the amount of people that have said something rather than like how many people are dealing with some kind of thing. Yeah. Like, especially this year. This year's been fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this year more than almost like a lot of years. I feel like a lot of people are struggling just because of everything going on. It's kind of hard to deal with and everything's so new and nothing's really stable. They're like kind of it's easier to feel that type of feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And now you're looking towards your next fight. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got like an amazing like group Sorry. of girls. No, you're right. Um, your gym's got like a heap of girls, right? Like what's it like? Yeah. Cause you would have started just like every girl ever training with just like all boys, always training with yeah. boys, sparring with boys. And now you've got like this huge group of girls. So yeah. What's the training like? I'm jealous. Yeah, it's awesome. So every training is like 10 to 12 girls. And so it was really cool this camp because my friend Shauna, she fought the week before me. Mm-hmm. And then I fought. And then my friend Montana, she fought the week after me. So us three girls were in camp together. So it was really cool. And uh, all the other girls are have always been there. Or if, even if they're not in a fight, they're always training. So it's it's awesome to have so many girls and so many training partners at once. So it's always a different look or, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just really cool. And anyone or any girls out there who are like thinking, or maybe my outlet could be MMA now that they're hearing more stories like yours coming out, what advice would you give them? I would say get into the gym and just try it. You know, you never know if you love something, if you've never tried it. And it could be, it could easily be your passion. And it's never too late to start. A lot of people ask, like, is whatever age too late? And I always say no, because even if you're not looking for looking at it to become a professional athlete, you can still be a martial artist at whatever age, you know, we have a, there's a guy at one of my gyms that I train at and he's, I think 70 and he's a purple belt and he's still in there training every single day, you know, not every day, but he still gets in there. So, uh, yeah, I think just get in there and try it, you know, whether it's Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, boxing, wrestling, uh, you might love all of it. You know, I think it's cool to try, try, try it out. Yeah, definitely. Perfect message. I think, you know, you coming on this podcast just speaks volumes to your character as a person. This is like quite a small show that we're just building up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think sharing your message shows so much bravery. So I'm really excited to see you continue to climb the rankings. And, you know, it, you're in a very tough division, but I think you've got the mental yeah. space to to go right to the top of it. And I can't wait, you know, when we get to say that we've had you on the podcast when you're the champ. Um, that's what you're shooting for, which I, I'm pretty sure it is. And yeah. yeah, I just think you're all bravery and class and the world needs more people coming out like you. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening in to this episode. If the idea that martial arts saved me really resonates with you, why not do something to give back to the martial arts community? you rate this podcast on apple podcast and leave me a five-star review it really really helps grow the audience and reach more people so that more people can understand about this link between martial arts and mental health 
I want to say a big thank you to Nari for the beautiful song Shape Me, which is heard at the beginning and end of this episode. Nari wrote the song about Shape Your Life, which is a trauma-informed boxing program in Canada, which you can hear more about by listening to episode eight of this podcast. And you can hear more of Nari's music by going to her Instagram at Nari the Saga. Don't gotta tell you what my name is, I don't gotta explain it. Walk in the room, hear a boom erupting like I'm famous. I'm here shedding shells, I'm shameless. I fear nothing, no complacence. Walk to many tight ropes with no hope, so I became this poster they hold over all the heads of trauma holders. You don't need to know my history, I move boulders. Atlas shrug, cause I lifted the weight above his shoulders. No pretense of defense, move first like chess soldiers. This goes deeper than empowerment, cause. I'm the one that power it. Physical meets mental challenge me to keep devouring. If I can't change the scenery, at least I change perspectives. No longer isolated, but elevated and selective. Darkest places become beautiful spaces. This is where rage meets patience. Meets power meets gracious. Meets, we're so glad you came in. The feeling is contagious. When you the walking impact of intended bad intentions. When you the manifest enough collecting all they tensions. You the soul and body hold it all and still remember. But I'm a work in progress, testament to all contenders. Forgot what it was like to have control over self. Forgot what it was like to be the one in charge. Forgot in my reflection, I can see all my wealth. Forgot that with my bare hands, I break all these bars, barriers, and obstacles. They can't cage me, they can't chronicle all my experiences and reduce them to appearances. When I was truly beaten, gave myself clearances to fall down, mess up, and get myself back up. I'm not looking for clovers, cause I don't believe in luck. Damn, you were badass, I heard them say it clearly. Why, thank you very much, I know now I'm not weary of what's next for me. Cause I expect to see growth like I was planted, watered, fed, and bloomed to be. The positivity and accountability. Knowing they won't step if I'm the agent of my agency. I think I found my voice again, huh? I think I found my voice again, huh? I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, you're the end where I begin. Boundaries, I know them well. Take a breath and meditate. Who is she? I know her well. Now I get to open gates. One, two, one, two. I don't need your permission. And if you get uncomfortable, then use your intuition to know that I won't stay where respect is ever missing. And everything I do, that's me making decisions. It's truly underrated, the value of self-worth. Forgot that I was rich from the moment of my birth. A penny for my thoughts, no really, you can't afford it You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it, huh?